Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries. I am the host of this podcast and my name is Shakira. Wow, I just realized I probably have not said that for the past few episodes. But anyway, here we are. My name is Shakira. Welcome back. And if you are a new subscriber, if you just happened upon this podcast, we welcome you to go ahead and join our Carefree family. So just go ahead and subscribe so you'll be notified every single time we have a brand new episode. And that happens to be every Tuesday at 9 a.m. But sometimes... If we're feeling a little spicy, we might double up for Tuesdays and Thursdays, but always 9 a.m. So that's that for the intro. Let's hop into the episode. All right, so if you are accustomed to how we do things here, you know that the first section of the podcast is for our carefree updates. It's where I give you updates on what's happening in pop culture, news, politics, etc. We haven't talked about politics in a while just because um, I don't want to. <laughs> like, I'm tired of hearing about politics at this point, even though I do feel kind of bad because... I feel like I'm supposed to be talking to y'all about politics and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But just know when I feel a need to actually, like, communicate what I think about what's going on in politics, I will do that. But not every single episode because, listen, your girl gets tired of talking about politics, especially um, just, just these days in general. Like, it's everywhere so anyway that's enough of that i only have two carefree updates today and they are both um surrounding the same topic so it's going to be very brief so the emmys premiered about a week ago and two emmy winners that i really want to talk about just very briefly again is jarell jerome he makes history as the first afro latino to win an emmy for acting Mm. I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself when it comes to um, how there are still barriers being broken down as far as the first blah, blah, blah to win something or the first this type of person to win this award. Um, It just says a lot about diversity and it says a lot about inclusion and it says a lot about um, how these award shows and just old world um, events and cultural things were catered to a specific and certain audience. And there are still people today in 2019 that have not won certain things in these categories and at these award shows. And it says a lot. It says a lot. So anyway, he made history and he won an Emmy for playing Corey Wise in Ava DuVernay's Netflix show, When They See Us. Y'all, I have said several, several times on here that I still have not seen When They See Us. I will watch it one day, just not today and probably not any time this month. Just because, again, I tell y'all all the time, it's something about like watching black, black trauma that just like, I can't do it. <laughs> like, I just can't do it. I have a limit, and I feel like that watching that will like push me over that limit. I love Ava. I love everything that I've heard about the show. I haven't heard anything negative about it. I love the light that she's casting on the Central Park Five and telling their story. And I love that they are getting a chance to live carefree lives, like no pun intended. So I'm proud of that and I'm happy for that. But I just am not in the mind space to process everything that's going to come with watching that. But I am very proud of her. 
I'm very proud of the cast and also the original Central Park Five and Jarrell Jerome. My first time seeing him in anything that I can readily think of was Moonlight. And if you have not seen Moonlight, sis, bro, it's on Netflix. Just watch it. It is a beautiful, I don't even want to call it a movie. It's a piece of art. It is artwork. Literally, it is art. And I just can't get enough of it. I watch it way too much. I watch it almost as much as I watch. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't believe I just went blank on my favorite movie. What? Shakira, what are you doing? Love Jones. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe I went blank on my favorite movie like that. So, anyway. I almost watch it as much as I watch Love Jones, but it is beautiful, and I'm proud of him. So also, related to the Emmys, Billy Porter was the first openly gay black man to win an Emmy for a lead actor in a drama. So if you are familiar with who Billy Porter is, I'm sure you know him from Pose. Um, so he won an Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series, where he plays Pray Tell on Pose. If you have not watched Pose, what are you doing actually who am I to talk because I just started watching Pose maybe two months ago as you all know I've said on here too um and I am ashamed of myself because it is an amazing show it is spectacular and it allows you to really granted we will never fully understand the magnitude of what the LGBTQ plus community goes through in their lifetimes. But I believe that that show does an amazing job of just giving us a peek because I know that it is so much more, so much more encompassing than just what we watch in an hour or 30 minutes on TV. It is so much more than that. But watching that show will literally pull the veil from over your eyes and make you see like, or allow, or help you to see, I should say, help you to see that, we really just don't understand. Like, we can't even comprehend because I was thinking about this the other day. This has nothing to do with um, the topic that we're going to talk about, but I was thinking the other day, I think it was yesterday, I was, like, riding in the car, and randomly I was thinking that it is so crazy how when each person, all of us have our own things that we are dealing with, our own racial issues or gender issues and sometimes when we are dealing with that matters of color matters of gender matters of sexuality matters of religion and how those differences um kind of clash with others we can't see past our own situations so as a black woman it may be hard for me to understand what a native american woman is going through you know fully understand i could say yeah i get it but do I really get it? You know, so I was thinking about that yesterday. But that show does a really good job of communicating issues that the LGBTQ plus community faces, and I support it fully and wholeheartedly. I love Billy Porter. I love everyone on the show, in front of the camera and behind the camera, and I just love what they're doing. But I did want to... Um, give you a quote from his speech and he said it took many years of vomiting up all the filth that I had been taught about myself and halfway believed before I could walk around this earth like I had the right to be here um he was quoting James Baldwin 
And he goes on to say, I have the right, you have the right, we all have the right. We as artists are the people that get a chance to change the molecular structure of the hearts and minds of the people who live on this planet. Please don't ever stop that. Please don't ever stop telling the truth. And I think that that was so important to say because even me, you know, being a podcaster of sorts, like, I don't know, I'm still having like a hard time wrapping my mind around it sometimes. Um, I have an internal struggle where there are certain things that I want to talk about or certain topics I want to cover that aren't just always... Um, say like self-help material kind of things like that where I really just want to get like into the nitty-gritty of things but then there's like this small piece of me that's like uh, Shakira that might come back and bite you <laughs> maybe you shouldn't talk about that so I love that he said don't ever stop telling the truth because your truth I mean that's the one thing that you can stand upon granted you can grow you can become another person a year from now. Your way of thinking can change. But right now, what you feel, what you speak on, and if that's your truth, that's your truth in this moment. It can change. It can vary. We grow as individuals. But that's one thing that, you know, I'm saying that to y'all, but I'm also saying that to myself because I really want to just do better about not so much talking myself out of covering certain things on here in fear of, um, turning people away, I guess you can say. So that is one of my internal struggles that I really didn't intend to talk about in a carefree update. But anyway, let's have a small break and then we'll be back with our topic. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, now, if you follow the Instagram page, you know that two days ago I um, posted something on there and I was like, all right, y'all, we're doing something different for the month of October. So welcome to October. October is definitely one of my favorite months um, alongside maybe November, December, and April. You know, they're like top tier months to me. One, because I just love, like, cooler weather because I live in Florida and, you know, mm -mm. Speaking of Florida, this week is Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University's homecoming week. My alma mater and, y'all, I'm turning up this week, okay? If you follow me on Instagram, don't judge your girl, okay? Don't judge your girl. Just know that it is homecoming week. My friends are coming back in town, and I'm just enjoying myself. I'm enjoying my carefree life, all right? So don't judge me. And happy homecoming to all the Rattlers out there. Strike, strike, and strike again. All right, so on the Instagram page, we said that we were doing something different for the month of October. I am definitely excited about this, and I hope that you all will be as well. Because this month, 
we are going to do more so focusing on not so much self-help. Yes, it will have a little bit of self-help, a little bit of encouragement and everything like that, that you all love, that you all are used to, etc. But this month, I really want to focus more so on the root of issues and teaching so that you all can learn more and I'm also learning in the process because when I am researching these different topics and I'm getting more information I am learning and then I'm just going to regurgitate the information back to you so you can pass it on to someone else hopefully and it can just spread like wildfire because I am going to call this month Blacktober yes it's a cute or what like I just thought it was so cute, Blacktober, and you know, like October, but Blacktober, because we're going to be learning about black issues. Now, to kick off the first episode in Blacktober, let me tell you how we arrived here. So about, it was last week, exactly a week ago, I was listening to a radio show, and there was a question raised about black women in relationships. And the male host of the show, who is a black man, and I'm not going to say the name of the radio show because I don't want to give them a bad rep, but just know if you follow me on Twitter, I already said it. Um, But he is a black man, and he said verbatim out of his mouth, that's why Bobby leaves and goes to Becky, because black women are aggressive. Now... The next day on the show, granted, the first day um, that he said this, I think I was, like, driving on my way to work, and I was just, like, kind of half listening. You know, like, you're driving, you're listening, but you're not really listening. You're thinking about all the stuff that you have to do in that day, and I think that's what I was, you know, going through at that time. But the next day on the show, they had to revisit the same topic from the day before because they said that when he said that, when he said, that's why Bobby leaves and goes to Becky because black women are aggressive. When he said that, their phone line started blowing up, and rightfully so. So I should add that the, on the show, there is a male host, of course, and there is also a female co-host for context. So anyway, the next day they revisit the topic, and instead of him clearing the air and apologizing and admitting that he could have used better choices in words. He basically dug his feet in, and he was like, yeah, you all called, and you all blew the phone lines up yesterday when I said blah, 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 when I said black women are aggressive. So the co-host, you know, while this conversation is going, the woman, she is, like, noticeably upset. And the sound of her voice was one that I have heard way too many times because it was just the sound of frustration and disappointment. You know, that feeling like, here we go again, having to defend ourselves, black women. So they go back and forth, and he's like, but black women are aggressive. So they also had a third person on, but he is not like a co-host or a host he just like comes on to do a special segment but I think they had him stay to kind of mediate the situation between the two co-hosts um so the main co-host he again digs his feet in and he's like but you all are aggressive you all are angry you all are this y'all I'm not even kidding he was literally saying this so I was so upset 
So I had gotten to where I had been listening to it in the car, and I have a radio, like an old school radio, y'all. I'm like an old soul at heart. I have an old radio on my desk at my job. So I'm like, I pull up to my job, and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me, you know, while I'm listening to this. And I was just so upset, so I'm like, I run, you know, in my job. I didn't run, literally, but I'm, like, rushing in my job to get to my desk. I cut the radio on so I could finish listening and everything. And I was just so disappointed, I guess you can say. And I called my mom during one of their commercial breaks. It's Mind you, y'all, it's not even 9 a.m. yet. And I'm like, Mom, you have to listen to this radio show. So she is at home, and she goes and sits in the car so she can listen to it. She can listen to it. And so we start texting back and forth about it. And I'm not going to lie, I was so upset, like almost to the point of tears, because I am just so sick and tired of the angry, aggressive, and loud black woman trope. I am sick of it, and I am also sick of us, us being black women, being the only people defending ourselves. Like, I'm tired, and I know I am not the only black woman that feels this way. So there is a quote by Malcolm X, and he said, I'm sure you all have heard it. If you haven't, here you go. He said, the most disrespected person in America is the black woman. And he ain't never lied, y'all. He ain't never lied. It's sad that that is still true today so why is it that black women are always called on to save the day when other people need help getting things done um but when it's time for us to have that same support it feels like the main people there are us why is that and i know again we have black male listeners and if you have listened to everything i just said and you said to yourself but not me don't generalize black music that's what we're talking about let me just say this the same way you just jump to that way of thinking by ignoring my exact words which were it feels like the main people there are us meaning we are the majority meaning some black men are there to support meaning i'm not talking about you specifically if you're actually there to help us but that way of thinking that jumping to conclusions making it about you and not about a specific group of people that's what we're talking about today so this episode isn't one to bash black men it is not one to bash societal standards or anything of the sort this episode is to educate Because I know that the reason black women are the most disrespected people in America is because of a term called misogynoir. Now, bear with me in this episode because the country in me wants to say misogynoir or misogynoir or something like that. But it is pronounced misogynoir. So just bear with me. If if you hear me pronounce it incorrectly, you know I'm country, okay? Have mercy on me. So, the first time I heard this term was back at FAMU when I was a student there. And I was in a class, and I didn't really put put much thought into what it was, what it meant, what it entailed. I was younger. Granted, I'm only like three years older now. But still, you know, you learn a lot in three years. So, 
I didn't, you know, I kind of blew it off. Like, oh, yeah, okay, let me learn it enough to write it on a test and then forget about it. But I took a class here at Florida State. It was gender and communications. I took it during the spring of this year, so spring 2019, and we had to read a full-blown article, a chapter, and a presentation on what misogynoir is. Mind you, there were like three, maybe four, I think it was four black women in this class. So for the most part, the class consisted of white people, but that was a good thing. Again, Florida State is a PWI, which means a predominantly white institution. Um, But it was good, and it was good because I think sometimes, again, we get so caught up in our own individual struggles that we forget that other groups of people have their own struggles as well. So today, let's learn about misogynoir and then double back to see how we see and experience it every day and then wrap it up with how I think we can, one, deal with it a little better and, two, go forth to help people around us recognize that they are displaying that behavior in a way that isn't condescending to them or, you know, is productive because sometimes we want to call people out on something all the time, but we don't know how to do it in a way that they can receive it. So we really have to work on that. All right, so what is misogynoir? So first things first, don't confuse this term with misogyny. Misogyny is the dislike of or contempt for or ingrained prejudice against women. Misogynoir goes a step further than that just, you know, being a prejudice against women. Misogynoir factors in prejudices against women that also, you know, tie race into the mix. So according to the dictionary, dictionary dictionary.com, misogynoir is defined as the specific hatred, dislike, distrust, and prejudice directed towards black women. So the term was coined by queer black feminist Moya Bailey. She is a professor over at Northeastern University, I believe. I believe, I believe, you know. Um, And she created the term to address misogyny directed towards black women in American visual and pop culture. So she coined the term in 2010, nine years ago, not that long ago. And she was a graduate student at the time at Emory University. And she first used it on the Crunk Feminist Collective blog to discuss misogyny towards black women in hip hop music. So misogynoir combines misogyny and war because N-O-I-R means black in French. So misogynoir is the anti-black sexism faced by black women. She also considered other terms such as cystigony, S-I-S-T-A-G-Y-N-Y. And let me just say I'm glad she decided on misogynoir instead because it's great. So application, I found, you know, some information about it. So I'm basically like, you know, just bouncing it back to y'all. So though misogynoir can be perpetrated by anyone, the term most often refers to the misogyny experienced by black women at the hands of black men. As the plight of the black man in America remains at the forefront of society, black feminists work as well as the issues similarly facing African-American women, but they are erased and ignored. So one thing I thought about... 
I'll double back to that. Let me finish this this thought. So the Black Lives Matter movement created in 2012 was founded by three black women, Alicia, Opal, and Patrice. The fact that women started the movement is little known throughout the wider community. And while the movement specifically states that it advocates for the lives of the entire black community, protests and activist groups invoking the Black Lives Matter hashtag and mission are disproportionately rallying cries for justice on behalf of African-American men. Incidences where police wrongfully kill or assault black women as well as transgender, non-binary, and gender non-conforming black people, so not just, you know, our idea of black women. We receive significantly less attention, as evidenced by the lack of media attention surrounding the 2015 case of Officer Daniel Holtzclaw, who used his authority to prey on and assault upwards of 13 black women. Did you know that? Because I didn't know that. Now, when I was reading, you know, up on this, it made me think about, especially this specific, you know, piece of information, it made me think about how, okay, granted, don't get me wrong here, don't misconstrue anything I'm saying, Freddie Gray, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, and the list literally goes on. How many times do we hear those names but how many times do we hear Sandra Bland? We hear it, but not as often as we hear African-American men who are killed by police officers or wrongfully shot and accused you know, of things that they have not done. We don't talk that much about black women when they face the same situations. They don't get the same media coverage and they don't get the same benefit of the doubt, especially in the black community. There recently, very recently, was a trending topic on social media that was covering Bring Our Girls Home. And it was talking about how the media does not give the same attention to African-American girls who are lost, kidnapped, missing. Same thing for our boys. But right now we're talking about women, okay? Don't get me wrong, because our, our men are equally important, but we have to do better in our community about giving women and girls, black women and girls, the same amount of attention that we give to our counterparts. That's all I'm saying. Now, back to the information. On a broader scale, misogynoir is also characterized by the tropes projected onto black women. Some of these common stereotypes include the strong black woman and the hypersexual Jezebel. In her article, Four Tired Tropes That Perfectly Explain What Misogynoir Is and How You Can Stop It, Ksenia, excuse my pronunciation, Boom describes these common tropes and why they are damaging. For example, while the strong black woman stereotype seems to be complementary, it ignores the racialized physical and mental trauma that black women have had to endure. Perpetuating the idea that black women can handle anything justifies the situations African-American women are forced into, such as the mammy role for white families, the heteronormative head of household when black men are lost to the prison industrial complex, and sexual abuse. This justification eliminates the need and desire to rectify the real problems. Furthermore, this trope 
forces black women to bury their issues and put on a strong face for all of those who expect it. All of this is what misogynoir encompasses. And this is why we need to know what it is so we can help educate other people. When we don't allow little black girls to be little black girls, that is misogynoir. When little black girls fall and skin their knee, you're like, suck it up. You know, you're good. You're okay. Allow them to cry. I know when I was growing up, my mom was not like this, but I did feel, especially like at school, sometimes we don't, and it's the same thing for little black boys, but again, we're talking about little black girls at the moment. Um, when little black girls are going through issues and they have problems at home and it shows up in behavioral, um, I don't even want to call it problems, but behavioral struggles, I'll say, in the classroom, a lot of times older black people are quick to say, oh, she grown, she just grown. No, she's a little girl. She's a little girl, but that is how we in our community further perpetuate misogynoir. And we also witness it in pop culture, like Moya Bailey said, when we watch movies and television shows and there is that tired trope of the single black mother who is struggling with three kids and two baby daddies and she, you know, like the angry woman, the one who's loud and rolling her neck and, you know, moving her finger from side to side. We do have those types and that's fine. Sometimes I'm that type, (laughs) but don't let that be the singular representation of black people because we are so much broader than what we see on TV. But if that is the only representation or that is the most common representation that other people see of us, that is what they expect all of us to be like. The loud, the harsh, the brash, the strong black woman complex, all of that encompasses misogynoir. So what can we do about it? One, I think, oh, before we get to that, I also want to talk about another situation that I just thought about, and that was Serena Williams. And um, I don't know much about tennis, but I think it was the U.S. Open, but I'll double back to that. So anyway, what can we do to rectify this, you know, help it out a little bit? So one, we cannot get tired of calling it out when we see it. As hard as that is, it is imperative that we continue to speak up and speak out for one another. Back to that radio show that I was telling y'all about, that I was listening to, and it made me super upset. The co-host, I felt so bad for her because she was the only woman on the show, and I felt like she had to speak on behalf of all black women. And she was saying to them, the two male other people on there, She was saying, all black women aren't like that. And he was like, you've been aggressive to me. You've been aggressive to me. And she said, you've been aggressive to me as well. And he was like, well, no, every time I have to come in here, I always have to ask you what's wrong. And she, I always have to ask you what's wrong as well. But whenever she would flip the script, 
and say, you've been aggressive to me. Then he got, like, super defensive, and he was like, don't say that. I don't want people to get the wrong idea. So how do you not want people to get the wrong idea about you as a black man, but you can't allow a black woman and black women to have that same, you know, mindset, to not want that to be the idea of black women you know you have a problem when she said that but when she flipped the script on you and she said well you've been aggressive to me now you have an issue with it but I'm proud of her because she did not get tired of calling him out and she just kept you know dealing the cards back to him dealing them back to him like if you can dish it you have to be able to take it and I'm so proud of her and I think that we as black women have to do the same thing if you witness misogynoir, if you witness tired, tired, tired uh, stereotypes about black women, if you witness not just black men, but other people talking down on black women, you if you're the only person around, you have to be the voice for all of us. It's not fun. Trust me. I have been the black woman, the voice of black women in several rooms on several occasions where I was the only person there. Don't get tired of it because sometimes you and I have been telling myself this a lot, especially when I started going to this school, this PWI. Sometimes you will be the closest certain people get to black people. And it sounds extreme, but it is true. Sometimes our coworkers, uh, most of the time it's coworkers, people we work along with or go to school with, you're going to be the closest they can get to, you know, black representation. And that is why sometimes they have so many questions like, well, what about this? Why do you guys do that? So don't get tired of doing well. Don't get tired of being the voice. Just be a good voice. Okay? Number two, hold black men accountable. Let me say that again. Hold black men accountable. And that goes for black men, young and old. So remember, I was just talking about Serena Williams in the U.S. Open. And they were saying she was too emotional when the referee or whatever they're called in tennis, um, when he said that she was cheating. Transparent moment here. We're watching it on TV at my house, and my dad, he was so caught up in saying, she's too emotional, she needs to calm down. And instead of just, you know, I could have let it ride, I could have, you know, just let it wash off my back, like whatever. Instead of doing that and just listening to it and letting him keep on, you know, harp on that, I said, she isn't any more emotional than LeBron when he gets a bad call or any other football or basketball player for that matter. Women aren't allowed, black women, let me be specific, black women aren't allowed the space to express emotion without that emotion being deemed as too much, and that's not fair. We have an extremely emotional president, and even he doesn't catch some of the flack that black women catch. So she got a comic drawn of her. They drew, like, huge lips, muscular bodies, and exaggerated features, and just like that happened to her, the same thing happened to Michelle Obama. Remember, they drew her like a, a monkey or an ape, and then they drew her like she had manly features. That's what happens to black women. That is misogynoir. Okay, I hope this is starting to, like, you know, make more sense to you. 
And so when they drew that comic of Serena, they made it seem like she was jumping up and down and she broke the tennis racket. And it was just so disheartening that she and other black women have to deal with that. So hold black men accountable. Black women are some of the first people to ride for black men. I wish I could say that it was the same the other way around. But a lot of times it's not. Number three. Hold publications accountable as well. Magazines, news outlets, television channels, streaming services, hold them all accountable. Black women are the most educated group in the United States. And I'm not just saying that. That is true tea. You can look that up on Google yourself. We are one of the, you know, in addition to that, one of the most educated groups, the most educated group as far as pursuing higher education. We are also one of the leading consumers of media and products, consumerism. We put our money where our mouth is. We buy the products. We pay for the services. So if you see a company or a publication downing black women or not giving us due credit, don't support them. Like, (laughs) it's going to hurt them. Trust me. If we can get on a solid front, and really like support each other and not just one thing I'm about to get on a soapbox real quick just ride with me real quick one thing that bothers me so much about council culture is when someone does something or says something we have a full uproar for five hours on Twitter we post about it on our Instagram story We talk to our friend on FaceTime about it for 30 minutes. And we say, that person is canceled. They're canceled. And then they put another album out. Or then they release a makeup line. Or then they post a picture, a screenshot from their notes app saying that they apologize. And all is forgiven. I'm not saying that we can't forgive people, but we have to hold people accountable for their actions. When black women do things, the world holds us accountable. But why can't we do the same thing for other people? And I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to give specific situations because if you know, you know. Because there has been a lot that has happened this year and last year. And I have made mental notes of people, products, things, publications that I just will not support. I will not give them my clicks because clicks equal money for them. I will not stream their songs because that equals money for them. I will not buy their magazines because that equals money for them. So, you know, and I don't, I'm not one of those people that goes, you know, on Twitter or social media or anything like that and says, we need to cancel this person. Don't buy anything they do. Everyone is an individual. You make your own decision. You're grown. (laughs) You do what you want to do. But me, myself, as for me and mine, all right, I make, you know, mental notes. All right, this person is not for black women. I'm not going to give them my black woman daughter. You know, all money is green. So, boom, let me get off my soapbox. Number four, I want you to... Make a commitment to yourself that whenever you have the chance to make 
an impact on a child's life, whether that child is yours, whether that child is a friend's, whether you're a teacher, whatever it is, teach them better. Some of you may be hearing about misogynoir for the first time today. Now you take this and you educate someone else on it. And don't just take this one episode and say, yeah, girl, I learned misogynoir is this. He is demonstrating misogynoir. No, this is just a building block. Take what everything I'm saying here and go research it for yourself. Go get more information. Learn, build upon it, you know, build a database inside your mind so that you can eradicate some of the issues first within the people around you, whether it be your boyfriend, because boyfriends can demonstrate it, whether it is your father, because fathers can demonstrate it, even if they have daughters. You know, fix it in the circle surrounding you, and then we can go out into the greater black community and start tearing down some of these walls. We have to do better. Seriously. So with that being said, welcome to Blacktober. Some weeks we are going to double up on episodes because I'm feeling generous and I'm feeling inspired. And I feel like teaching this month. So tell a friend to tell a friend that it is lit over here on Carefree and Black Diaries. Remember to stay black and carefree. And also, don't date these men till you're 43. See y'all next time. Bye, guys.